0: you've all been waiting for it's time for the steak for breakfast podcast
1: it's tuesday december 7th 2021 and this is the people's podcast this is steak for breakfast
2: this is not nom, this is bowling. There are rules.
3: Today, Junior America! It's four bathes. So
2: stand by! This is mad, I get more butt than ass trays. Fuck a fair one, I get mine the fast way. Ski mass way, nigga ransom notes. Far from
1: handsome, but damn, a nigga tote much. This episode of the podcast is brought to you as always by Man Rubs. You can find them on Instagram as Man Rubs and on the website manrubs.com. Mm. Rubs barbecue tools, blow torches, T-shirts, coffee cups, all around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're on Instagram Stay Ready gear USA and on the web stayreadygear.com. Holsters, custom Kydex, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear for you, military and law enforcement. Need something custom? They might have you sorted out. Use the code STAKE for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready.
3: You know, one thing that you can't take for granted is a good night's sleep. You know who is the uh, greatest of all providers of that across the U.S.A.? Yes. Who? Mike Linda. The humble pillow farmer himself. Today, I'm wearing the uh, Giza slippers. Ooh, those are nice. Got my dogs a Giza dog bed recently. Oh, nice. They like it. Um, If you're into combating election fraud and value a good night's sleep, head over to MyPillow.com. Over 600 MyPillow products. Use promo code STAKE for up to 66% off at checkout. That's substantial. Very. It's bigly. You can get them at mypillow.com forward slash stake and via the telephone, 1-800-658-8045. 45. 45. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear, specializing in headphones, can be found at Odyssey.com. It's like Angel singing in Noah's ears right now, right? If Angel sounded like... Biggie, Craig Mack, and Busta Rhymes. They might. Whether you're potting, gaming, or in-studio recording, check out their extensive line of highest quality headphones. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Christmas is coming. Everybody wants a new gun. Everybody needs ammo. Facts. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms will get you packing heat like one of these 90s hip-hop videos. I don't think he's got tech nines but he might yeah never know probably not not gonna say it on the air at least right newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com via the telephone 619-870-6992 and on facebook messenger as well Mm. our first responders are working hard during this holiday season uh the calls are always up the crime is always bigly Mm. they're all wearing mediocre medic gear off duty sweatshirts t-shirts flip-flops fanny packs and more and they've got those stickers and vinyl patches while they're protecting and serving and saving lives mediocre they have a pretty fire ig according to our first responders and speaking of fire igs dump box home of the zero fucks duck the first santa one of the year dropped this weekend it was quite santa-ish nice i'm sure it's going to get a whole lot more santa-y before the uh Christmas season comes to a close. I'm wearing my coronavirus veterans t shirt today. Mark's got more patches than you know what to waste money on. It's the home of the Zero Fucks duck. They're at dumpbox.us and they're on Facebook and Instagram. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that it. will take you to all our social medias, our website, the Telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 88. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Antoinette's here as well. Hi, guys. We've got Dr. Cordy Williams coming up later in the show. But first, our guest host of the day, she is a uh, influencer online. She's also an author. She has a podcast and a YouTube channel. Hey, we have a podcast. We sure do. She's known to, uh, I don't know if you want to call it her following as either a dictator or the supreme leader. Ms. Jessica Harlow, thanks for joining us today on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast.
4: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
3: Oh, it's our pleasure. How are you doing? And what's going on in your neck of the woods?
4: Um, well, I'm in the communist mecca that, is, that was formerly known as New York. Mm, <laughs> delicious. And um, things, are, things are going.
3: Yeah, I saw yesterday you guys got restricted-er more. So I saw Mayor de Blasio, or maybe even he might be a dictator, but de Blasio. He's, he's well, I call dick. him
4: Dick Blasio. Oh,
3: there you go. Yeah, that's very uh, fitting for his...
4: <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate on your podcast, but I said it already, so... You can say whatever <laughs>
3: you'd like. There are no holds bar. Um okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... Uh, You know, we've been tracking you for a while. You and I have talked for several months online. I I saw, you know, I think it was maybe people had been sharing your posts who were kind of in our community. So I went and saw, started watching the podcast a little bit, you know, kind of listening in. And then as I saw towards your podcast, got where you're at now, which is in a brief pause before you started, a lot of your, I don't want to say a lot of, just the whole tempo and the narrative kind of changed a little bit to maybe infuse politics or current events, hot topics, stuff going on that, that's directly affecting you the same way it is, you know, millions of Americans across the country and uh, got my interest a little peak. So I reached out and after a reschedule, here we are.
1: Nice.
4: Well, I've been ranting and raving. That's what I've been doing, Okay. Just... <laughs> which I wasn't doing as much of before.
1: No. I like the Supreme Leader. What was the Supreme Leader
4: title? Yeah. Good. yeah. Well, it's like a running joke with my followers because I, I love Kim Jong-un. Well, like not oh, well, actually, not but he <laughs> actually does or allegedly does because who knows what's going on in North Korea. Right. Um, but it, I just think he's so adorable. He doesn't look like he doesn't look like a big, evil dictator. He looks so cute to me. He is, he is like a
1: caricature <laughs> of a dictator, though, for sure. Yeah.
4: I love him. I love him. I think it's the, kind of
1: funny. The Hillary Clinton suits that he wears are definitely, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. They shop at. The, <laughs> they got the same tailor. Well, I 100%. mean. 100%. Jessica, you kind of
3: dabble in the fashion world. I don't know if you saw it recently, but in North Korea, they uh, banned leather jackets. Because, what? Yeah,
4: because yeah. he doesn't want people to steal his look.
3: Yeah. So, so funny. Wow. I, I
2: read
4: that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: All the other jackets will be rounded up and burned out. So he can be the only one to rock them during the winter months.
1: Well, I guess he'd be the first to do something like that.
3: Yeah. So, all
4: right. I support him in that decision. It's not a bad <laughs> just,
3: idea. I mean. Just
4: because he can.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about what you do now. You've written some books and, and you've got a pretty robust YouTube channel. In addition to the podcast, which you said is restarting up very soon here. Why don't you talk about kind of who you are and, uh, you know, what you bring to the community overall?
4: I mean, well, first what had happened was I was doing like beauty tutorials and talking about motivational topics, manifesting, all that spirit stuff. And, you know, then 2020 happened and it just, it gave us such a pause to really like look at things and dig a little bit deeper. And the more I was learning, the more I was like kind of pissed, of course, uh, a little bit sad, but really pissed off And I needed an outlet for for everything that I was, you know, realizing. And I mean, initially, because like I I started speaking out really early on in this whole, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And we were able to get away with a lot more back like two years ago than we are now. Now it's like you breathe wrong on the Internet. Good luck. So I've kind of more transitioned from (laughs) being like people were sort of coming to me for like the news and like updates on everything and my perspective and my take on it. And now it's more of like, I kind of do things a little bit differently. I'm, I'm more sarcastic. I have, you know, I try to bring out my sense of humor, because it's the only way I think you can maintain any sanity in this, Mm -hmm. uh, is to just find the funny in it. So that's what I've mostly been focusing on. And it's been, it's been nice. It helps me cope. It's, it's
3: definitely good to kind of change it up. You know, and, and when, when you see, you know, not like you probably care, but your followers list really hasn't changed regardless of the narrative. You may have some haters and losers sticking around to drop comments in the um, comments but i see yeah, a lot of, I, mean, I see I've a lot
4: kind of lucky but initially initially i mean like last year i did lose quite a quite a number of followers but i feel like everybody no matter where they were on the political spectrum were losing a lot of followers yeah um, cuz i saw like a lot of my liberal friends they were losing people so it, it kind of went both ways um, so I didn't really, I'm not really that concerned about it, but I feel like definitely it's attracted a more engaged audience and yeah. people who are really on the same page or mostly on the same page with everybody. Um, so I don't, I don't really mind too much about that. I think, you know, it's, I'm more about quality over quantity, so it's fine.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you live in one of those major ones, like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago. I mean, I course, don't know what
4: they're, how they're coping. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think there's shit on the ground there. <laughs> well, I was about I to mean, say you I mean you're
1: you're focusing on not stepping in shit. You got you got better things to think about I mean, or trying to you, pick up you your you
4: might pres- step in shit, you might get shot. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on over there. Yeah, <laughs> we
3: were
1: talking about bum shit earlier.
3: Yeah, we, well, you you also <laughs> might pick up some free stuff if you were trying to pick up your prescription at Walgreens and the looting crowd comes in of 30 people because of COVID, according to Jen Psaki. I mean,
4: honestly, it's not it's not such a bad gig because, I mean, if you're a little bit low on cash because maybe you lost your job because of the pandemic or whatever, um, you know, you could just stop into your local Walgreens and rob the joint. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and why nothing's, not? Nothing's going to happen to you. And even even if they throw you in jail, you'll be out in no time. Yeah, I the, promise. Before the paperwork's done.
3: <laughs> it, it, it... Pretty funny. So, I mean, at it's same a time criminal's time paradise. It sure is. Have you seen the kind of ramped-up stuff in New York? Not as bad as on the West Coast, right? Is right now. New
4: York it... is nowhere near as bad as yeah. that. I mean, we have we have some issues for sure, but it's it doesn't seem like it's as bad as as what's going on in L.A. I mean, I haven't. I've been out and about in the city. I didn't. I wasn't stepping in shit anywhere. So that's pretty good. Perfect.
1: Oh, good for you. Um, yeah.
4: it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's. It's changed for sure, and it's definitely been impacted, but it's not, we're not there yet.
3: I can definitely tell you from experience Central Park smells a lot less of urine during the winter months <laughs> because it's not as hot. So, and that's from growing up in the tri state area as a True. kid. All right, we're, we're going to jump into the news now, and we're, we're going to cover a couple topics today with you. Uh, first of all, Donald Trump this weekend. Well, how do you feel about Donald Trump? I mean, I know we were talking about it briefly in uh, take one off the air. And, uh, you know, I, I think you, you said you never really uh, you were kind of neutral during the Trump presidency, which which Listen, seems.
4: And yeah, you, I mean, you're not going to see me out with a with a MAGA hat on. That's not happening. We could send you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, you're not going to see me doing that. It's not really my 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 thing. Um, but I was never really I remember there were people who absolutely hated him Mm -hmm. and people who absolutely loved him and I really didn't understand the like the people who really really hated him that I really didn't understand because I mean I don't know maybe it's because I'm from New York I was a child of the 90s so to me he was very like I mean what do you want from the guy like that's that's a typical New Yorker who has money and success and you know likes the spotlight Mm -hmm. so and I found nothing wrong with him um, in, in that sense to like really hate him um but I was very neutral on the subject. I was sort of very like observant of just what was going on. I was in awe that he was able to pull off like the presidency and everything, but it kind of made perfect sense because he he was different. He wasn't a career politician, so I understand why people were so attracted to him of like, hey, let's try something different because um there were things that weren't working for a lot of people for a really long time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense, and you know, you say you don't understand um, how people were just so absolutely crazy about him being the president, but when and when you start to kind of peel back the layers, you see that there's a lot of stuff that went on in Washington D.C. that maybe people. Have made accusations of for for decades, if not longer. But he really started to expose some of that stuff, and that's like trimming the fat, smaller government, lower taxes, and then how we were getting absolutely jobbed, and maybe international trade deals, and and you know, uh,
4: yeah, I think he really appealed to the the average everyday working class American. I think he was he really appealed to them. Um, I mean, I know people who were really successful who he also appealed to that were you know high earners. They liked him too. So, I mean, because I was like very neutral on the subject, I was able to really get the truth out of everybody. Like Mm -hmm. there were definitely a lot of people who, you know, at least like because I was in like the, you know, beauty influencer space and, you know, everybody comes across as super liberal in the space. But I mean, I knew for for a fact that that wasn't the truth because, again, I was neutral. I wasn't like a fanatic where they felt like they had to tell me one thing or the other, you know.
3: No, that makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, it's good to kind of get people who aren't particularly stuck or back themselves into a corner on on a narrative and is able to talk about it with more of an open mind, because then you get kind of more like a complete view of everything, which which necessarily isn't always the same. Like we are the three of us, you know, as hosts are, are all Trump supporters. We definitely were for Trump era policy. And, and, and definitely appreciated him a whole hell of a lot more now that he's not the president. However, we do point out a lot of the mistakes and, and flaws that he had throughout the course of his presidency, which we hope moving forward, if he were able to come back, um, you know, in the next election that he has hopefully taken note of these things and won't do them as much like hire bad people and, you know. i don't know to be honest
4: i know a lot of people want him to come back and this is something people get really mad at me for but i'm like i i would rather he not come back i i think i think it's time we have somebody else who maybe uh has strength in the things that he was kind of lacking like for me somebody like a Desantis would be uh probably a better choice you know what and that that, like
1: that's definitely what would happen to florida
4: yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the other problem, though. See, like the Sansa, he needs to clone himself is, is what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> he, he needs to clone himself. What do we call?
1: Because <laughs>
4: oh, you don't want to see Florida go to hell. I'm
1: sure. Dr. Fauci probably working on that, too.
4: <sighs> yeah. I nice. mean, he'd it'd be the most useful thing that idiots ever done.
3: Oh, we're going to get into him as soon as we get. And to-
4: actually, I don't mean he's an idiot because that's that's not I hate when people say that they're incompetent and all of that. I'm like, I wish it was incompetence.
3: Oh, no, he's I don't just think dirty. it's
4: incompetence. It's it's dirty people.
3: Yeah, yeah. And we're actually going to touch exactly on, on that on some accusations that were made against him last week, um, which I thought were pretty interesting. But. Getting back to Trump over the weekend, he wrapped up the second half of his interview with Mark Levin, and then we're going to kind of go in between that and, and a piece he did with Sean Spicer yesterday touching on Ukraine, and then Trump memoirs coming down
1: the pike. Oh, dang. Okay,
3: I'm going to have to get a signed copy for the studio here. Um, he, he touched on how he had some issues, and we all know they did, stemming mostly from Russia Gate and the whole scandal with James Comey. Good old Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah, but it's first time I've ever heard Donald Trump talk about how he thought if he didn't handle that situation the way he did he might not be here today yeah which would would seem pretty you know ask seth rich
5: words deep state but they've been there for a long time they've been in the justice department they've been in the fbi they've been in cia so you're coming into a hornet's nest i was going to say before if i didn't fire comey they were looking to take down the president of the united states If I didn't fire him, and some people said he made a mistake when he fired Comey. And now those same people said it was the most incredible, instinctual moves that they've ever seen. Because I wouldn't... I might be here with you. Perhaps we'll be talking about something else. (laughs) But I don't think I could have survived if I didn't fire him. Because it was like a hornet's nest. When I fired him, they all went crazy
3: no lies detected. I mean, they did pretty factual try to impeach him over that one. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of sad that you have to point out, you know, you have so (laughs) many people that are deep rooted in Washington DC politics and how corrupt some of these law enforcement organizations there are, Mm uh, that, you know, you, you have them literally trying to take down a president because they don't agree with necessarily what his narrative is. And that's using the FBI and the DOJ and stuff for what they're for and not necessarily what oh, they Oh, not do- your private errand boys? Well not yeah, for not starting January 6th. Oh, so oh, come on.
1: Well, I mean I mean you're not
3: wrong. We're almost there. Here we are. So Jessica what do you what do you think about I mean we we went through two impeachments that were both founded to be debunked over the course of the four years. It took a lot of time and money away from things that, you know, would normally be used as a president Oh, it was
4: such a waste of money yeah mm-hmm. serving such a the american waste people. Of money and time but it was doing really well for all the news stations you know who aren't
3: I mean, who aren't doing so well now
4: yeah i mean now they're they're drowning yeah and now they they lost poor fredo out there
3: looks like don lemon's <laughs> oh, oh, don lemon's <laughs> no. under the radar right now because yeah now
4: they're looking at don Lemon as as tucker carlson calls him
3: <laughs> and, and we also have you know it seems that zucker knew that this whole sexual misconduct thing was going on with Cuomo and he was trying to kind of repress it. And I guess there's a big corporate merger going on with uh, whatever company is owned by CNN and Discovery. And they didn't even include Jeff Zucker in the weekend's negotiations because they were so pissed to find out that he tried to cover up this um, Chris Cuomo sexual allegation scandal. So it's one of those things where you might be losing –
4: I mean, honestly, like, it's just such crap what's going on with the Cuomo thing. I'm, I'm like, we're talking about him, you know, flirting with some women. Right. I, I'm more concerned with what was going on in the nursing home. So for yeah. me, like, it, this whole thing, I really couldn't care less about it. I mean, quite frankly, I've seen some of these women who came forward. They should be flattered that he even looked in their direction. And I know, like, as a woman, like, people will get so pissed at me for that. But really, what did he do? He told some woman he wants her to see the whole, the eat the, the whole sausage. All right. I mean, really? I mean, who
1: hasn't made a comment like that? Or dipped the garlic I mean, nuts.
4: come on. Who's, who's that, like? I mean, it's different. You know, if somebody's really, you know, harassing you at work, that's terrible, obviously. But it didn't sound like it was much like that to me.
3: Yeah, Antoinette, I've heard you kind of carry this same narrative before where you said like, you know, it, it is kind of gross and and but it's something that typically happens in like, let's say Hollywood or you get to some of these uh-huh. high end events. where you Oh, see- the
4: people with the, in Hollywood, yeah. they really all need to shut up because honestly, yeah. I mean, they, they're talking to us like as if nobody knows how things go down. Um, we've heard about the casting couch. It's a tale as old as time.
6: Yeah. And
4: let me tell you something. All right. As ugly and as unattractive as Harvey Weinstein is, if he's telling me to come to his hotel room for a 20 million dollar role, he's going to look so gorgeous to me when I show up there. <laughs> like 20 million dollars for a movie and the potential to make even more films for that kind of money. I, I Personally, I would fall in love with the guy. Yeah, it, it's- and we have these women who are telling us, oh, I would never. That's fantastic that you would never. But if you had the opportunity I bet you, you know, you you down a, a little bit of champagne, dim the lights and really think about your future.
1: Yeah, you'd be saying and I would it never
4: would, turn down I that mean, money. I think they're all hypocritical.
2: Well, I think if you're putting yourself in that position, you know, like who, do, who the hell do you think you are to like not like... Harvey Weinstein a <laughs> powerful guy. Do you think that you're going to be able to like, like overt like his advances if you're going to his hotel room? No, you're not like you're, you're walking you were in grown
4: the, women. Uh, you're it, you know, it'd be situation. different if it was, I'm sorry. I'm t- talking over you. It's no. so rude of me. Um, but it's, it's different if we were talking like they were teenage girls. I mean, right. that's something yeah, else, but cool. you're talking about full grown women. To be honest, if, if a producer was telling me, if any man in general was telling me, any straight man was telling me to come to his hotel room at three o'clock in the morning and I show up there. I'll be shocked if he's not in his bathrobe.
3: Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean,
2: it's I, one thing if you're being targeted because he yeah. was targeting females, you know, because yeah. they yeah. weren't giving him what, you know, he wanted.
4: Yeah, um, that's disgusting. I yeah. Mean, make there, the offer and then move on yeah but if
2: you're if you're still if you're trying to play the game and thinking okay maybe i can avoid this get out of this you know just if i play enough and blah 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 you're gonna get burned somehow and you know i i just don't if you're putting yourself in the position is one thing if he's targeting you and attacking you you know even when you're not around him trying to come after you yeah
4: that's that's terrible disgusting and absolutely should be dealt with
3: yeah i know i I definitely see both of you guys points and i think at the end of the day as an actress or someone that's you're an actress in general (laughs) if you're going to that penthouse apartment knowing once you go you made the decision right it's not like you're going to just eat like board or anything like that so um, this isn't like victim
4: blaming you know because i'm not saying well you deserve that and you should do things you don't want to do no i'm just saying i mean
2: there are Which legitimate times where he's like, I want to meet with people. Sorry. There are legit times where, you know, he, he set up a meeting and he, he did like the little old switcheroo, you know, they mm-hmm. would walk in, These women would walk in thinking that they were walking in not just him by, by themselves, you know, himself. Like there were going to be other people there during the daytime. So mm-hmm. he, he was like, you know, we're talking about Weinstein he was you
3: know did i disgusting. say business casual yeah. i meant bathrobes mm. well, i wonder if it was a my pillow bath you know he was definitely
4: it. predatory but i'm just saying like the the general the general consensus for yeah. me is don't tell me you wouldn't do it for 20 million dollars I, I mean they say God every, bless they, have,
2: you. they say everybody has a price i mean i was in hollywood for a long time i really i, I couldn't play those games but i understand and i know that a lot of people they could turn a blind eye and you know, like you mm-hmm. said, down some champagne and and do it. You and, know,
4: and, but. 20 million dollars, let me tell you, I don't have that much integrity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <I don't laughs> know. Like, and and <laughs> Antoinette
3: <laughs> you've said it more than once, Antoinette. That's one of the reasons why you got out, right? The, the overall yeah. creepiness of like, I mean, you know Yeah,
2: because I just saw like, you know, what plus like the whole industry changed to like right before I left in like twenty seventeen. Um just everything started to change. It wasn't the way that it used to be, you know, people were getting jobs. People that weren't models and actors were getting jobs through Instagram and through yeah. social media, you know, yeah. for a lot less money than what, let's say my rate was. And just the the whole industry in that way changed too. And then of course, yeah, it, it, it's a shady business in, in a lot of ways. And I just, I'm not, I wasn't the type of person that was willing to play those games. You know, I, I was really lucky that I never got into certain situations because I always went in knowing, you know, hey, I I might be walking into a situation. So I already had like my five, you know, plan exit, you know, how to get out, you know, and avoid certain stuff. But some people because yeah, you're a woman. There, yeah, of course. And then, you know, some people just go in there so naive and, you know, coming from different states, you know, small towns. They just don't know how these people operate. And sadly, they get caught up, you know.
3: Yeah, it's one hundred percent true, and and something to this day still remains, you know, a, a normalcy in the in the community. Even though they they've shown so much light on it, you know, it still goes on. And this shit
2: happens in other other places, not just Hollywood. It right. happens in like you Cor- know corporate America. Industry. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. It happens
4: everywhere.
3: Definitely a, in politics.
2: Hundred percent. It's I think it's worse in politics than it is in Hollywood in some way.
3: Yeah, that's
4: Kamala Harris.
3: Mm. Yes. Oh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> going to talk about how much of a blessing it is to work for her later, too. Uh, g- getting back to this Trump thing, there was a there was a comparison made and, and Donald Trump kind of contrasted on it. And it was the difference between maybe him, the Obama presidency and now Joe Biden, which Joe Biden's connected directly to, having been the vice president there for two terms. Uh, kind of interesting to see, but it makes a whole lot of sense when he starts talking about some of the narratives and the protections that were granted to Obama that not necessarily are being granted to Biden and, and how he kind of spun it. Let's listen to that one.
5: It is positive in any way. So if you look, President Obama was very divisive, but people were more quiet about it. They didn't want to insult him, but he was very divisive. But the Biden administration is far worse. In fact, I noticed the other day where Obama said, uh, "This is very dangerous. All of these, you know, what they're doing—it's too much for him. It may be too much for Bernie Sanders, but I doubt it." Okay, <laughs> but when they look at his top economic people are looking at this inflation, and they're seeing these bills that are being passed for trillions and trillions of dollars, where it's like throwing money out the window. He sees the cost of energy and they see the cost of it. they see what's happening and they're saying, You can't do this. You can't do it. These are Obama people telling Biden people, you can't do this. But they push forward anyway. Uh let's see what happens. We have a we had an election. I was very helpful. In fact, the new governor of Virginia called up early in the morning.
3: And, after- and, you, and you know how helpful those big helps are. Mm. But but comparing that to what he was saying, now uh, I, I still consider Barack Obama probably the most divisive president in the history of the United States. And that's coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, there are things like the civil war and stuff that happened that you could probably, but I'm just talking modern time. And that comes yeah. from a lot of probably having someone, and we've talked about it before who could really help solve the problems that we're having with the whole racism narrative, the wokeism, the anything you can't say, cancel culture. He didn't. He never. He championed it and then inflamed and the fire, which just carried right on through the Trump presidency and is now stronger than ever today. Mm-hmm. And you know, he could have at any point gone to one of these inner cities where something happened and and really put put the brakes on and, and just felt like more of destabilizing the country. And causing division between, you know, let's just say law enforcement and the public and then the government and the public. It's just one of those things where, you know, it's one of the biggest issues we have. And then he talks about how people from the Obama administration who are connected to the Biden one are calling it radical and out of control. And we've talked about that as well, where we see a lot of either revenge hires like Merrick Garland and people like that and all the way up to people who are completely incompetent and not qualified for the position, the vice president. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, mm-hmm. you know, the guys who are across the entire board of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. N- none of them are qualified after the Afghanistan disaster and and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where y- you kind of have to be able to now armchair quarterback other presidents since he is currently not it. And, you know, moving forward, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how fast. That w- you
1: don't think he's in the basement in his pajamas? Sure isn't.
3: You're talking about Obama? Yeah. I I, I mean, I think he's actually a lot closer than that. I don't don't even think it's an earpiece right now. I think him, the rubber mask, Susan Rice, John Kerry, those people are all giving directions to people that are running our government right now. And you could just tell based of the things that they ran during the Obama years that we're seeing tenfold during the Biden one. Mm. Well,
4: we know that it's not Joe Biden making the decisions. Definitely not. (laughs)
3: Mm -mm. His butt's been wiped, though.
4: (laughs) Thank God for that. Everybody needs a good butt
3: wiping every once in a while. Sure thing. Um, now Jessica, I don't know if you've, you've been able to pick it up over the last couple of days, but something that's kind of, again, flamed up that was prevalent during the Obama administration that's kind of reoccurring now is the issue with Russia and the Ukraine. Um, there's over, well, close to 200,000 Russian troops, you know, amassing on the border with Ukraine, a country that under the, I guess, Soviet union was a part of Russia. And now, you know, they've had border skirmishes there since, late 2013 all the way up through now, Trump was able to kind of put a little bit of a a hold and a stay on that based off the way he worked with Putin. But even after a two-hour conference call today where Joe Biden, again, embarrassed himself because he couldn't turn the microphone on, so he's there waving at everybody <laughs> on the Russia side. It was bad. Wow, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, well, it's a meme template now. I saved the picture. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, but, you know, it, it's just embarrassing. And I think after, you know, you see China posturing – With Taiwan, you saw the embarrassment that was the Afghanistan withdrawal, and uh, we've had people on our show who have worked in the Trump Department of State, in the Trump, you know, gave him his daily terrorism briefings every day, and then one of Trump's number one assistants throughout all four years of his office all say that this has been one of the biggest embarrassments in the history of the United States. Now we have this thing with Russia and Ukraine heating up. And it just seems like the United States doesn't really have a leg to stand on in regards to doing anything to prevent it from happening if it's going to.
4: Mm -hmm. You know, why are we always so involved with every other country? We've got our own problems. We do have a lot of what's going on with our own border. Look at what's going on with just everything that's going on in this country. I mean, we're sitting here, we're sending money to all of these other countries. I don't know of any country sending us money really. None. and, and, (laughs) and you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of it. Like I'm, I I believe in every country should, you know, take care of themselves first. And when everybody's got their shit in order, then we could, you know, talk about how we can help each other. But right now, everybody's got to look at their own, their own behind, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's every man for himself out here. You know that doesn't mean like go and you know start fights with everybody else. But if somebody's not bothering you, why? Are, or not bothering us, why are we bothering with them?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things. And you know, you you have this action heating up right now. Trump was on Sean Spicer yesterday, and he kind of touched on it briefly and gave a football analogy. Nice.
5: It was tough at all of them. With China, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars of taxes and tariffs. Nobody's ever seen that before. We never took in 10 cents. I got them to buy billions and billions of dollars from our farmers and manufacturers. Nobody did to China what I did. Now I see that Biden is going to be talking to Putin. And that's not a fair match. That's not that wouldn't have been a fair match in prime time. This is not a fair match for our country. And the election was rigged and it was stolen. Nice. And this is what we got. This is not a match that should even be allowed. This is take the New England Patriots playing your high school football team. That's what.
3: <laughs> you know, they probably got somebody in Trump's ear and they're like, 10 seconds, Mr. President. And he's like, hit the rigged and stolen button. Nice. So it's it's one of those things where he just has to get it in there in every single interview. You, you see people on all the networks now, when you're on Newsmax and some of the other ones, they kind of let it slide. But those people on Fox News, you just see them like close their eyes and just ride it out as he says it. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's perfect. But yeah, he, he he's right. You know, our our military stance in the world. There was a poll taken this week. Um, it was chemist versus 2,000 voters of all demographics, Democrat, Republican, independents, and all age groups. Seventy percent of people in the United States look at the military as not favorable. Yeah. And that's up 43% from 2017. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think in, you know, something we took so much pride in, uh, throughout the course of the Trump presidency, which was rebuilding the military, developing new technology and, uh, using, you know, peace through strength. Uh, now seems like it's something where you have the Afghanistan withdrawal, critical race theory, and finding the root causes of white rage, Mm not very favorable with the american public
4: i mean they've made the they're turning the military woke yep yeah which i mean everybody saw the commercial that they had come out with that was supposed to recruit people Oof. to join the military i'm like whoever is moved by this i don't i don't want them protecting or defending me and my country <laughs> yeah there's you know, no like, safe space when people are shooting was at you. Yeah, there was nothing that looked strong to me or protective or anything like that. I was like, what's what's what are we talking about here? It's really crazy. And, you know, the, the whole world is laughing. China is laughing, laughing their heads off. They're investing so much time and money yep. into making, you know, their men more masculine.
1: Yeah, some of
3: those videos. I'm telling
4: you, I'm, I, I've been telling people start brushing up on your Mandarin because it's not yeah. looking good.
1: Yeah, she's not wrong.
2: That's the point.
1: I well, mean, as soon as you start giving your military head. like timeout cards at boot camp. <laughs> yeah, and safe spaces. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's the whole point of what they're why they're doing it. I mean, China is in the White House, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the moment. So they're trying to destroy us from within and where they great. start with the military.
3: Yeah, they sure mm-hmm. are. You have, uh, what, half a million Chinese students infiltrating all aspects of our educational system mm-hmm. uh, here on on visas learning. You have, you know, so much other stuff going on with just fraud and intellectual property theft. And I
4: mean, they control so much of also our media yep. and Hollywood, and they're pushing out all of this agenda crap, which you're not going to see that in China. You know, they're not they're not showing their people that they're not. They're giving us a different message than they're giving their own. They're weakening us, strengthening themselves. One hundred percent. Pretty genius. It's pretty genius. I mean, honestly, if they take over, they earned it.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, they certainly
4: have. It. I mean, I gotta, I gotta give credit where it's due.
3: I really thought he was gonna say he had them buying, which was one hundred percent factual rice from the United States. When he was talking about <laughs> billions and billions of dollars worth of products from U.S. farmers, which that was one of the major things that they were buying. And because it was it was being produced and shipped there cheaper than it was being well with child labor, probably in, in China. So, all right. Last audio clip from the Trump thing. He talked about what he's working on now. He just had a picture book come out, which was, you know, he's been doing the circuit for and, and doing some interviews. But he's also been working on his memoirs. So let's kind of hear a preview of that.
7: Uh,
2: We were just talking about earlier, you broke the mold coming out with a picture book first. Uh, Most presidents sometimes go out with a memoir. Can we expect that from you? What's next?
5: Well, I'm writing it. Uh, We're going to see. It's uh, very strong. I've had a lot of bestsellers, as you know, and some number one bestsellers. We've had some great success with books over the years. Uh, This is a beautiful book, mostly beautiful, and some pictures that, frankly, I thought were appropriate to put in that weren't so beautiful, but they were important. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I am writing a book, and and by the way, we do have great interest from publishers, like you wouldn't believe. You know, they like to say, oh, well, we didn't uh, have interest. They always have. You know, it's an amazing thing. If you're going to sell more books than anybody else, they may not talk about it because they're probably afraid. The radical left, I think, is... Absolutely afraid, but no, we got a lot of interest in people that want to do it, or or do it myself. I mean, I like this one. We did ourselves, and it, it got it was a beautiful job. The printer is really fantastic. The job that they've done, and that way you get it done, printer. and you get it done right, and you get it done non-censored, which I like.
3: What do you think some of the chapter names in that are going to be? I mm. think there's going to be a rigged and stolen chapter? There better be. <laughs> I, I hope <laughs> there is. Severely deficient, if not. A Billions and Billions chapter? Yeah. And he knows the best chapters, so he'll probably know how yeah. to. Well, always good to kind of hear him take those people in the news for a little bit of a ride because, it's you know. hilarious. He, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where we just kind of keep tracking it. I, I think because of the book is why we saw five major sit-downs over the course of the last three weeks going up through and uh, the Thanksgiving holiday into the beginning of December. But, you know, turning the corner now, I think one of the biggest over-encompassing topics affecting the entire globe right now is the never-ending COVID narrative mm. and and all the different things and how that affects stuff. We we were We touched on it briefly. You know, Mayor de Blasio is in a constant pissing battle with Gavin Newsom out here. They always have to say, first of its kind – Lockdowns, First of its kind, vaccine mandates. First of its kind, masking restrictions. And, you know, both of them are probably two of the biggest killers ever to occupy the offices <laughs> of mayor and governor, respectively, um, due to the nursing home deaths, which Jessica also touched on not too long ago. Um, you know, Joe Biden's been walking around with kind of, I guess he was his personal doctor put out at the end of last week after he was challenged by Peter Ducey on his, you know, sickness that it sounds like he has uh he said that he has a frog in his throat oh so yeah funny yeah pretty pretty interesting to hear
4: well it's nice that he's the only person in the united states that seems to be allowed to have a cold these days
3: yeah i don't know why everybody at the white house isn't sent home for seven days like my children are every mm-hmm. time somebody in close proximity with them gets you know farts wrong in class wait you
1: mean they wouldn't get anything done no they wouldn't they wouldn't be effective and well, it's duties.
4: very simple. As as a dictator myself, I know how it goes. It's rules for <laughs> thee, but not for me. It
3: 100% <laughs> is. Um, I like where your head's at. Joe Biden made a stunning but not surprising admission when he was asked about his frog in the throat.
1: Do you have a brown frumpy suit or a gray frumpy suit? Yeah, do you have one of those double-breasted, like,
3: oversized burlap jackets? That With, they- like,
1: the kung fu neck, neck part? Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's what you really need, Jessica. You need you need to put on like one of those. Oh, li- you're
4: asking me? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> I thought you guys li- said.
3: Well, I, no, Ron does I was have so one. I'm so
4: confused. I thought this was something Joe Biden asked somebody. About. No, you, you <laughs> need to put I on
3: one of those top tier <laughs> pantsuits and just take a picture of yourself with huge sunglasses on and yeah. Kim yeah, J- I really
4: gotta work on my look, my signature look. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip a page out of Kim Jong Un's uh uh playbook.
3: Well, hopefully it won't be Joe Biden's playbook because some of those underwear might be gently used
4: no with the mask hanging off the ear no thank you
3: (sighs) well well his ear hanging off of his head also so (laughs) so you'll never guess where he got sick from where kissing one-year-old boys ready Uh, what yeah it it happened
4: (laughs) <laughs> Mr. President,
1: just my point, are, you all, are you going to be,
3: first of Mr. President, uh, your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay?
8: I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. I have a check in for all the friends. What I have is a one-and-a-half-year-old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he had been kissing in my, anyway, so uh, yeah. it's just a cold.
3: Kissing his what? Then
4: Well, that went well.
1: Yeah, it was definitely uh, probably. Wait, wait, he's been he's being tested for all the variants at the same time
3: every day. I'd like to know
4: where he found the test. for all these variants. Is that there's only one test? I haven't heard of any test where I can walk in and just be like, I want to be tested for Delta. I want to be tested for Omicron. Uh, I haven't seen any of those. It's usually just positive or negative.
1: Well, I think uh, because he actually has direct access to Dr. Fauci, I think F- Fauci just sticks his finger in his ear and then just decides what it is. Yeah. It, Dr. Or Fauci's... sticks something somewhere. I don't know. We're going to get to it. I
4: think they flip a coin.
1: Yeah. There's there a go. dartboard in the White House.
3: I'm pretty sure <laughs> there
1: is. Well, the Surgeon General,
3: Vivek Murthy. Murthy? Yeah. In all of his non-heterosexual diss Took to the airwaves this weekend, first with our least favorite presidential debate moderator, mm. Chris Wallace. And then on Face the Nation to talk about, you know, they, they just rotate and First, it's, it's Walensky and then Fauci, and then they'll have somebody else because COVID's not really prevalent in the media. And then they'll start circling back to them. So he was out there this weekend to talk about, you know, ruining Christmas and, and this newest variant. Let's hear two brief clips from him real quick.
8: Just briefly on this, you talk about masks. Are you saying now that if you're with people that you don't know, that we should go back routinely to wearing a mask indoors?
3: Well, certainly what we've been saying actually since the summertime is that if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, but gathered with people outside your household in indoor spaces, that wearing a mask is the recommended
1: step to take to help reduce the potential for spread. It protects you, but it also protects the people around you.
3: And he would carry on the same narrative when he jumped on Face the Nation just an hour later. Uh, But if you do, as many families did, you get vaccinated and boosted, you use testing judiciously before you gather, you gather in well-ventilated spaces and use masks Mm -hmm. whenever you can in public indoor spaces. Your risk can be quite low and your holidays can be quite
1: fulfilling. That's what so many families experienced this past Thanksgiving.
3: (sighs) Did you guys mask up in between bites at the uh, Thanksgiving table?
4: (laughs) I haven't put a mask on in over a year.
3: (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect. You it's just, what? yeah, That this is kind of where we're at and, and it's the complete idiots that watch this stuff on a regular basis and just eat it all up that are still wearing masks in their car. I, don't get
2: it. I just don't get it. It's unbelievable. Nor do I. Especially the ones like wearing, wearing the mask in your house. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on.
1: Please. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's exactly 3% of the population that maybe did that. And Those right. are just the total loss causes.
4: I mean, yeah, but but you know what I think? Because like right before they came out with this new variant, they started announcing this crap. I was noticing that I wasn't seeing as many people out with masks on or in stores with masks on. You know, initially it was like for a really long time, it was like I was one of very few that wouldn't be wearing a mask in a store. And lately I had noticed that it was the opposite. It was like most people didn't have a mask on and there were very few people who did. And most of them just worked at the place, so they had to. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: and then that's when they came out with this new variant. And I'm like, you know, because they want the masks to stay on because that's what keeps people, you know, re- re- being reminded that, you know, this thing is still going on.
1: Uh-huh. Well, it, so it, it if, defines yeah, the teams, yeah.
4: basically. Yeah, and the mask. the whole problem is the masks.
3: Yeah, if the masks were gone, the entire COVID narrative, because it's like... I don't even see people, like, getting it anymore. Anywhere.
1: Unless they're vaccinated.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. and boosted. <laughs> so we are we yes. are, are going to get to the, my favorite part of the show, and Noah's, obviously. It's where we get to hear some Dr. Fauci. <sighs> Not as okay. Fauci as you think, though. Uh, you know, even though oh, he yay. he did jump on with Jake Trapper this weekend.
7: You are part of the problem. Oh,
3: scissor me timbers. Damn. Getting them all out of the way. Yeah. To talk about Omicron and how not potentially dangerous it is. It was some of the blowback he got afterwards, which is not just the usual Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Who came on here like a week or two ago and compared him to the Nazi doctor? Oh. Uh,
2: I think it was Chris.
3: Yeah. And, and you know, we had, we had dis- Mangala. Yeah. And well, somebody really went on TV and, and compared him to it this week, but nice. I don't want, I don't want to jump the gun. That's funny. But if you do want to jump the gun, you can get him I mean, how could you West not Coast compare survival arms? Um, It's
4: the closest thing we got. Yeah, there you go. Let's hear him
3: on on CNN Sunday first, talking about Omicron.
7: In South Africa, Omicron has a transmission uh, advantage because if you look at the number of cases now, they were very much at a low level. Then they had almost a a vertical spike upwards, which is almost exclusively Omicron. Thus far, though it's too early to really make any definitive statements about it, Thus far, it does not look like there's a great degree of severity to it.
3: So there was that, and and that kind of got the weekend started. This was following the fact that he was uh, called out in a Senate judiciary uh, hearing the other day where they were talking about COVID vaccine victims um, based on some of the side effects when Senator Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin said, how much longer are we going to let the guy who's completely fucked up COVID after he fucked up AIDS carry out this narrative in the country? So oh, he brought up AIDS? He, <laughs> well, we've been talking about it for months because... That's a bold move, though. You, you, like, you do have to remember, at some point in the late 80s and early 90s, Dr. Fauci occupied the office of Chief AIDS Officer of the United States. That was his title for seven years.
1: Do you get a name tag? like
3: I'm pretty sure you get like a, a medal or a badge. Bobblehead? Philadelphia. There's
1: no AIDS bobblehead?
3: No, because it would be dead because he'd be doing experiments on you. So Dr. Awkward. Someone asked him about it, and Dr. Fauci got a little butthurt and and kind of had a reply. Let's 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 hear before this really goes. Jake, how rail. do you
7: respond to no something unintended. as preposterous mm-hmm. as that? Overhyping AIDS, <laughs> it's killed over seven hundred oh. and fifty thousand Americans and thirty six million people worldwide. How do you overhype that? Overhyping COVID, it's already killed 780,000 Americans and over 5 million people worldwide. So I don't have any clue of what he's talking
3: about. It has not killed.
4: Yeah, and how many of those deaths <laughs> were actually car accidents, heart attacks? Falling
3: off the ladder. <laughs>
2: <stroke,
4: laughs> dying with off ladder. COVID,
2: not from COVID.
4: Yeah, people know. who are like 90 years old. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's he
2: giving us these numbers, you know, when he does get tried for crimes against humanity, he pretty much said how many people he killed himself. So he's admitting.
3: <laughs> and, and Rand Paul championed that narrative throughout the weekend off of Senator Johnson saying that living in constant fear because of this asshole is something that we really need to stop doing and, you know,
8: do it yeah, well. This
4: is the first time we've really basically, it's
8: become follow the science uh, only when convenient. Because if we're following the science, the science out of Israel, and I believe Qatar now is the second country, but the Israel case showing natural immunity was 27 times more effective Mm. in in warding off the Delta variant than the vaccine, that would be following the science, wouldn't it? (laughs) Virtually none of the edicts or the... Promulgations that come from Fauci's mouth are based in science Mm -hmm. at all. Take the idea that we're now going to test the day of travel. The rapid test is accurate about between 30 and 50% if you don't have symptoms. So most people traveling, if they know they're sick are gonna not travel. So most of the people we're talking about are traveling are without symptoms. The test is 30 to 50% accurate. The Omicron variant is already across the United States and across the world. No travel ban is gonna stop it and no amount of testing is going to stop it. But think about this, Fauci now says, if you know someone's been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask next to him. So you see him at one of these glittering Hollywood parties the other day And it's like, oh, if I don't know the person, I put a mask on if I know them. Well, he doesn't know their vaccine status. How idiotic is that? Oh, I don't know that person, so I'm gonna put my mask on. But now I'm gonna take it off because I know that person. He doesn't know who's vaccinated or not by looking at them, it's a ridiculous standard. But here's the bottom line. People who have been vaccinated or people who have gotten the disease naturally do have a semblance of protection and should feel comfortable going about their daily lives. Let's not live in fear because Dr. Fauci is is promulgating things that are unscientific just to scare you. If you've been vaccinated or if you've had the disease, live your life and ignore this man, and let's hope he can be gone as soon as possible.
3: Jessica, do you see anything incorrect with what Dr. Paul said, everything from the scientific stats all the way up through how to live your life?
4: I mean, listen, I see nothing wrong. My only thing is everybody's got to get back to living their lives. Mm -hmm. And we got to forget about anybody telling us about what we have to do. Tests, masks, requirements. I'm over it. It's been two years. We're going into the third. Like, I mean, you know, honestly, I see a lot of people are really They've had it with this. Yeah, they sure have. And I have. can't see a lot of people who have been out and about now for the past couple of months living their lives, even, you know, the people who've gotten the, the, the arm stuff. And I don't see them wanting to go back in the house.
3: Yeah, I mean, the only people I really want to see wearing masks anymore are the people that are robbing and looting Walgreens and CVSs.
1: Well, it's a twofer for them because they're going to wear the masks to hide their identities. So So there we go.
3: Pretty normal coverage of our... COVID right there, you know, still dictating everything. You have people who are literally fucking up and then contradicting themselves in real time, directing the toppest levels of government and in steps Fox news over the weekend. They usually have, you know, some shows, round table debates and this, that, and the other thing. Laura Logan, Fox news contributor. She's on all the evening shows regularly. She has a Fox nation channel. She has a show, which she's had on there for about a year. Well, they get on the topic of COVID and Dr. Fauci, and she says everything that kind of uh, raised a few eyebrows. Hmm.
2: And so in that moment, what you see on Dr. Fauci, this is what people say to me, that he doesn't represent science to them. He represents Joseph Mengele. Dr. Joseph Mengele, uh, the the Nazi doctor, who did experiments on Jews during the Second World War and in the concentration camps. And I am talking about people all across the world are saying this, because the response from COVID, what it has done to countries everywhere, what it has done to civil liberties, the suicide rates, the poverty, it has obliterated, economies the level of suffering that has been created because of this disease is now being seen in the cold light of day i.e the truth and people see that there's no justification for what is being done
4: and well. so-
3: <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was hosting the show you just see the his look face. On his face he just was- goes he closes his eyes real hard and he's he like, just, like fired pu- he puckers up his lips and he's just like I'm
1: fired I'm so fired right now <laughs>
3: Yeah, it was, it was finally somebody said it, and, and whether or not you may or may not agree with that narrative, it is the global response to this, the transfer of wealth, the amount of debt that's been incurred in the United States. Remember, three-quarters of all the money ever printed, ever, has been printed in the last 21 months. Think about that's that. That's a problem. That's a big problem. You that's have, a lot. You have death. Yeah. You have untreated disease. You have, way through the roof, suicides, uh, depression, depression alcoholism, drug reliance, all stuff that has happened over the course of this whole narrative. And and what for? All, all part of the great global reset and the, the World Economic Forum agenda as they continue to divide our country both racially, socially, now medically. Mm. And- they just
4: want to have everybody distracted. This is what it's all about. It's all about their agenda to, to redistribute the wealth. Reset the system in a way that we're all going to be slaves, basically. And there's no such thing as like really rich. I mean, people who are millionaires who are going along with this thing, thinking that everything is going to be fine and hunky dory, you're considered broke in this. If you're not a multi-billionaire, you're a peasant. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the people you can think of who are like, oh, but they're like so rich in this and that. They're not rich in this new system.
1: No, no. They're, they're... not
4: rich enough to, to get out of this, uh, to get out of this and not uh, and be unscathed. They're... I mean, everybody's going to have their 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 neck on the line.
3: There's a good meme that's that's cycling around and it's it's like a throwback to, to World War Two. It's got like two stormtroopers standing in the doorway of. You know, someone's house and the person's like, but I thought I was going to be a micro influencer online. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wore my mask and got my boosters. And the guy's like, great story up against the wall. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. Last clip that we're going to hear in, in the covid section is, of course, Dr. Fauci crying about getting called a Nazi doctor on national television. That's amazing.
7: But throughout the country and the world. ...are responding to that absolutely preposterous and disgusting preposterous. comparison that she made. It's an insult to I mean, all of the so people who suffered and yeah. died under the Nazi regime in the concentration camps. I mean, it's it's unconscionable what she said. Forget about the fact that she was being totally slanderous to me and, as usual, had no idea what she was talking about. She seems to pretty, be pretty much over the target, flu- usually. Yeah. It, Influenza kills 770,000 Americans. So not only is she being slanderous and disrespectful to so many people who were killed in the concentration camps by Dr. Mengele, but she absolutely Mengele, has no idea what she's talking about. She's <laughs> completely incorrect in everything she says. Dr. Me. What I find striking, Chris, is how she gets no discipline whatsoever from Ooh. the Fox Network, Ooh. how they can let her say oh. that. Now he with wants no discipline in the communist
4: and no okay, disciplinary
7: man. action. I'm astounded by that.
3: And that's that's a week after he went and you know he he Ted Cruz and Rand Paul beat him up again in a, in a congressional hearing, and he went and cried and said, but what about January 6th? What happened to that? Shut up. Yeah, right, like he has any influence on that. Do
2: anything. like It doesn't make sense.
3: No, there's no reason why he should be commenting on anything to do with politics. It's actually pretty much a I, violation of his job to go on the news and start talking about things like January 6th and whether or not...
4: Everything he does is a violation, yeah, but he doesn't stop him.
3: Private businesses suspend their anchors and, uh, you know, things of that nature. So that's kind of it with COVID this week. We gave you the, the regular boring shit and mm. then gave you a little bit of spice at the end. You know? I like the spice? Yeah, not bad. So didn't think he was going to get called, what did he call it? Dr. Malenge? <laughs> Mangle-y. Dr. Mangle-y. Dr. Merengue <laughs> Well, we're rounding third now We're hitting our last topic uh, We're going to hear some of the uh, usual dumpster fire That the Jen Psaki press conferences are As she Ugh. continues to go out and pathologically lie On behalf of her boss and the rest of the administration I did find some spicy ones this week, though um, Because, I don't know I just seemed like a lot of people in the news are, are kind of getting sick and tired of like the non-answers Joe Biden doesn't do any Q and A and you know she keeps getting pressed on stuff and they all everybody probably sits there and jealously watches Peter Doocy like dunk on her every single day and it's like eh, you know what I I want somebody to share my soundbite on their podcast or play my soundbite on the news why does it always have to be Peter Doocy I could dunk on her too she's pretty dunkable right um so she she was asked about Ukraine and and w- what has changed since 2014 in regards to the administration's stance on it and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where not really anything has except we're doing a whole lot less. You know, back then Obama was saying that there would be a red line and we were, we were kind of giving him like missiles and stuff like that. But it, it's one of those things where when you hear her kind of answer the questions, it's like, who is really working <laughs> in, in, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue right now? We're going to hear four clips and you're going to be with me on this one.
6: You mentioned that, uh, that Biden was obviously deeply involved with the Ukraine in 2014. And yeah. I'm wondering if you could talk about what his takeaways are from that experience, because a lot of the things that he's saying this time, supporting NATO allies on the eastern flank, sanctions, those sound like the same things that you guys tried to do in 2014, and it didn't stop Russia from taking Crimea. Mm. So what's Why does he think this will be different? Well, uh, I think, first, um, uh, our objective Uh, at this point, Mara, is, of course, to prevent them from moving forward and to convey on the front end that uh, we have Uh, been working in lockstep and in coordination with Congress, with um, countries, uh, our NATO partners, uh, with uh, transatlantic partners to prepare a range of steps that could be detrimental to their economy. Um, I would say that there are some certainly lessons learned or things that we've watched and seen uh, that we certainly saw back in 2014. A massive spike more than tenfold uh, in social media activity pushing anti-Ukrainian propaganda approaching levels last seen in the lead up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 2014, that was something that didn't have a lot of past precedent at the time. But to us, we see that as an indication of efforts to influence inside and outside, of course, as well. Uh, We've also seen evidence, as we've noted here, uh, of Russia uh, making plans for significant aggressive moves against Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So I would say our objective or the president's objective is to, on the front end, always lead with diplomacy, have those conversations. We're having them directly with Russian leaders. The secretary of state obviously met with his counterpart last week, and we're having those at a range of levels, the president speaking with President Putin tomorrow. But in the meantime, to prepare a range of options should they decide to move forward.
3: So what has changed since 2014?
1: Uh, Absolutely nothing. Seems like it, right? Yeah.
3: And it's pretty uh, scary to think that that could be the first of many fronts uh, on the international stage that might be a warren as we head into, you know, the Christmas season in the new year. Russia and Ukraine, and then, of course, you have China and Taiwan, all the other skirmishes that are happening around the globe. She was uh, asked about gun control, and believe it or not, I I think we've heard about it enough in the last couple weeks, it was uh, definitely tied to COVID.
1: Oh, no, not COVID.
3: Yes. And you could tell there's a little bit of disdain in her voice, too, because she even brought up the ATF's worst nominee ever, Mr. (laughs) Chipman. Mr. Ruby Ridge himself. Oh, nobody likes that guy. And again, you're gonna hear now, second question that absolutely pisses her off, not from Peter Ducey. Let's get into it. Uh-huh.
2: On the violent crime spike that we've been seeing, there have been smash-and-grab robberies. There was the pretty alarming murder in the wealthy Hollywood neighborhood last week, and then uh, an attack a a violent robbery in Pacific Palisades on Friday. This is sort of similar to the crime spike that we saw over the summer, and one of the president's biggest uh, pushes to address that was the DOJ strike teams that were sent out to those five cities. It was D.C., New York, Chicago, L.A., and San
6: Francisco. Hmm.
2: Since those strike forces were assembled in July, have they
6: accomplished anything? Look, I, I think we sent those uh, strike forces in part because of the spike in gun violence, something oh. that continues to be a concern. And we sent them, uh, the Department of Justice, I should say, sent them in order to work in partnership and in, law, in lockstep with law enforcement on the ground. Mm. We've also yeah. recently taken steps. Uh, the Justice Department, the FBI, and federal law enforcement have been working with local jurisdictions, especially areas like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and others where we've seen a rash of break ins to offer their assistance and provide s- assistance through multi jurisdictional task forces uh, we know that we've seen over the course of time while we'll let other people determine what the cause and effect is we know we've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic we've oh. seen that timeline what the president's been focused on doing is working to ensure there's funding to support local cops to support local jurisdictions uh, to ensure I... that a law enforcement at a federal level is a partner both in the short and long term to address either these spikes in crimes or uh, or gun violence which is a, an ongoing concern and to ensure there's adequate funding in the budget so hmm. that's what we are working to do the department of justice i'm sure can provide you an update on the strike forces are you talking about the funding in the bill a better plan, then? The, the funding in the President's proposed budget, which is an increase uh, significantly over what former President Trump proposed. Mm. So, are you saying that passing this the spending plan would address crime that in that way? Well, I'm saying that it, it passing the President's budget, which is something, obviously, we want to get to next year, since we could only uh, get to a short-term uh, CR, has significant increase in, in funding to support police departments, support the fighting of crime, and a significant increase from former President Trump and something present supports.
3: she got a little death slamming going on there. Yeah, a little bit. So, very interesting. COVID causes escalation in not only crime, but gun-related crimes.
1: Gun-related (laughs) crimes? She just said it. Not global warming? Well, that too. Oh.
3: There's been a lot of... uh, Exodus from the office of the vice president over the last couple weeks. Some of her, well, all of her top staffers have either quit, been fired, or announced their resignation effective at the end of the calendar year. Good for them. For someone who's uh, dabbling in the high 20s in popularity across the United States, missed 2% nationally herself, Kamala Harris. It's
1: not a good look. 2%. 2%
3: 2% popularity. Well, no, 2% polling in the, when she ran as, in the president election. Good for her. And got out before the California primary, which is her home state, mm. which she wouldn't have won. Um, so, yeah, Jen Psaki was pressed on that yesterday. And interesting enough, um, you know, the same reporter who beat her up on gun-related <laughs> crimes asked her about, is Kamal Harris a bully and, and awful to work for? Nice. And, uh. We'll hear just about how much of a treat she is
6: the washington post article which is another article that's come out after a string of articles detailing dysfunction in the vice president's office um, and then the
2: director of operations put out a tweet today talking about how much he loved his job uh, there was a similar sort of social media push this summer following some negative headlines uh, about ongoings in the vice president's office did anybody ask the deputy director to Put out a positive tweet
6: today, or was it mm. all him? I, I'm not aware of any asks for a positive tweet or a specific tweet. I would point you to the vice president's office, but uh, I, I work with a number of people tweets. in the vice president's office who certainly are looking forward to continuing their jobs. Go ahead. Perfect.
3: You know, it was one of those things where she she had asked because there was some random staffer who worked with Cal or Kamal Harris when she was the uh, A.G. in California and you know talked about how it was always a pleasure to work with her and the memes that have come out of that it's it's like a guy looking at his computer screen on the desk and it's like they have one where like the screen is extended and you see her standing there with a gun or like the screen is extended <laughs> and there's a picture on the wall of Hunter Biden in his underwear and the scarf. Oh, those are good. Or, 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 there's even a picture without being Photoshopped. It's the hole on the side of the desk where you usually sneak the wires in to go up to like the monitors and stuff. And it's like all blown up and it's like, well, obviously we know what this was for when Kamala Harris. Oh sat my here. God. So it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really sad to say that that's where we're at, where you have to defend the popularity of someone because it's dipped so low and you really can't fake the optics of the mass exodus that has been gone from this office. You have some career beltway staffers who have worked their entire lives cleaning up people who have just looked like shit and they can't do it with this lady because they said she is absolutely impossible. They said she like demeaning. She's a bully. She criticizes everybody. I heard a couple weeks ago, like, Someone got her some fucking earbuds that didn't have a wire in it. And she's like religiously against that. She needs the ones that are wired to her phone. So she like fucking threw them at her. And I'm just what? like,
1: yeah, well, she's probably under a lot of stress. I mean, just can you imagine? Oh, yeah, she knows being how resp- bad she is. Ugh. Of finding the root cause of everything? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's, it's,
3: it's pretty embarrassing uh, to say the least.
2: And oh, yeah. That's why she doesn't go anywhere or do anything. She's like practically hiding all the time.
3: Practically. Oh, she's definitely hiding. And she it's like she doesn't want anything to do directly with Joe Biden. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want anything to do with her due to her popular non-popularity <laughs> and her already in the state that she's in. Um, I, th- I think in the last clip today, uh, it was a good one. The Hunter Biden laptop was brought up.
1: Ooh. And
3: this was right at the end of the press conference. And it especially pissed her she off. She got mad. Big mad. Big so mad. Let, let, let's kind of hear how the last not a layup, not a three pointer. It was a straight up dunking, uh, to even mention those words. And I'm going to have to tell you before ahead of time, if you have any questions regarding that matter, I'm going to need you to direct you to the person no. whose office is represented by that. Who's not an employee of the federal government. Mm.
2: Gosh, I should have to make a point. Mm-hmm.
3: Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Uh, the Biden administration today put out a big
7: report about addressing corruption. I want to ask you two quick and hopefully pretty easy
4: questions about that. Um, uh, Shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, the first son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction, including the name of the buyer, the dollar amount, and the timing. And the second question is, my Mm -hmm. colleague Miranda Devine has a book out called uh, The Laptop from Hell. And I was hoping that you could confirm that the laptop is indeed authentic um, and not Russian disinformation, as you seem to suggest on Twitter last year.
6: Mm. Well, uh, on the first, uh, the president's son is not an employee of the federal government. So I'd point you to his representatives. And as it relates to the book, I have th- neither neither had the time nor interest in exploring oh, oh, or reading the good, book. Good. Go ahead, Tina. Go ahead, I, Tina. Any- I, I think I answered good your attention. question. Go ahead. You, you can go to the representative of the, of the, the person bad. who's not an employee of the federal government. Go ahead, mm. Tina. I think we...
3: <sighs> well?
2: That was... If that was Don Jr., man, it would be...
1: Ugh.
3: Listen, if that was Donald Trump's great uncle's
1: cousin's nephew, <laughs> it would be 24-7. Well, can you imagine if... Donald, Donald Trump spoke at a fucking KKK grand wizard funeral yeah. and rode in a parade float with him while he was alive. Like you gotta be
3: fucking kidding me. They ignore That's everything. Amazing. It's crazy.
2: The double standard is, it's insane.
3: Yeah. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's one of those things moving forward. We're going to continue to bring you this narrative or lack thereof that the administration tries to continue to, have to bail water, mm. um, you know, for what's going on in both the president, air quoting, and vice president's office. The vice president, um, Yeah, as, as we kind of have to see where this thing is going to eventually wind up. Well, as we're getting ready to have Dr. Cordy Williams come on with us today, we'd like to say goodbye to our guest host who did uh, a large majority of the news with us today, Miss Jessica Harlow. It's been our pleasure.
4: Oh, I had so much fun.
3: You know, it's really good to... I, I think that was the biggest part of me that was like a question mark going into this for like last month. It's always like I, I kind of heard how your narrative was changing and me and you have talked online. I've, I've seen some of your posts, but I've always like when she's here, she's hearing some of the you know, some of the news might just not resonate with her. She might not know. You absolutely killed it today. Yeah.
4: <laughs> the thanks i mean some of it i was like oh this is this is new for me like when you went into the ukraine stuff i was like oh boy this is a little above my pay grade but <laughs> but <laughs> I, I i hope i i did an okay job and i really enjoyed um talking to you guys yeah
3: it's, you- at, at some point down the road we'd love to have you back Antoinette, you gonna say something
4: no i'm just gonna say she was great
2: and we'd love to have you back yeah oh i would love to come back
3: perfect and then uh why don't you tell you know let's get those followers going a little bit more. Not like you need them, but just in case any of our people like to hear your narrative on politics and might want to see the occasional dictator feet pick. It's, it's a thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just saying that it's actually a thing. Okay. So yeah, it's been, it's been verified. Why don't you tell our listeners where they could find you on social media, give them the YouTube or anything you want to give your, your Well, socials. they
4: can find me. They can find me for now. I hope um, on Instagram at Jessica Harlow and you know, God knows what happens uh, at any point. Um, I'm, there's always jessicaharlow.com.
3: That's a one-stop shop right there. We're going to link those in our show description for you, and I'll send them later if you're not too scared to share that you slummed it down with Steak for Breakfast uh, to, to your followers. <laughs> no,
4: no, this was so much fun.
3: I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Miss Jessica Harlow, thanks for joining us today on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast.
4: Thank you so much. Have a great night.
3: Joining us now on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast. his first time appearing on the show he is definitely a patriot he is a veteran of the marine corps and a doctor he's also running for senate out of california dr cordy williams thank you for joining us today
0: thanks for having me guys and well ladies and gentlemen appreciate you guys
3: we appreciate you it's our pleasure sir anytime so uh, a little bit of a big announcement over the last couple of weeks definitely uh switching it up from from doing your show and and jumping into the uh arena of politics uh what triggered this
0: well you know guys it's kind of like um just the last 18 months you know i don't you know i'm sure you guys have kids and um you know that definitely went a lot into it it's it's you know 18 months of tyranny 18 months of you know being told how to you know how to educate your kids. 18 months of being told, you know that you have to put certain things in your children's bodies, mm-hmm. or, or you know you have to put it on your, you know your five-year-old's face. Um, and you've got the resident health experts, known as flight attendants and servers at restaurants, because those are the ones that you know they have our best, you know our best health uh, uh, interest in mind, and they've always dictated health policy. Yeah. Um, I mean that sarcastically, obviously. And and so you know just 18 months of dealing with that. You know, um, Californians are sick and tired of it. My family was sick and tired of it. And so we've been on the road with 1776 forever free, um, three weekends out of every month for probably the last 18 months. And I've been teaching people how to run for office. So kind of seemed like the natural, you know, the natural progression, to be frank.
3: Now, it's definitely something in California we don't see enough of. uh, Strong conservatives, patriots, uh, people who are are really looking to do things to productively fix this country instead of what we've seen, like you've mentioned, for over the last 18 months or more. Um, we, we saw yesterday that that Representative Nunez is going to be stepping down at the end of the year to become the CEO of uh, President Trump's new multi-billion dollar social media company. So it's it seems like almost the right time for you to kind of get your name out there and, and, and throw your hat in the ring because we're, we're going to need a good, strong representative out of California to fill those shoes for sure.
0: Yeah, no. And, and and I think that, uh, well, which which God bless Devin Nunes, yeah. you know, he's not um, he's about four hours, if I'm not mistaken. He's about four hours north, um, at least maybe even seven hours north of me, um, his, his his district that he falls in. Um, but no, I, you know, it's you know, I think there's so many people that are just generally um, in this country. You know, I don't think it's longer a question about hey, blue or red, or, you know, it's never been a question about what gender you are, what race you are. Those are all the divisive, you know, things that are straight out of Karl Marx's playbook um, that they try to do to separate us. I think that 2022 is the most important election, guys, because it's a referendum on whether we allow them to take away our choice or not. We should be able to control and have choice and what goes into our kids' veins and what goes into our kids' brains.
3: Yeah, that's 100% true. You know, we've, we've had some some pretty big influencers on over the last couple of weeks. We had Melissa Tate on uh, recently, and she's a huge uh, expert in the whole field of critical race theory. And I think that's what you're talking about when you when you talk about brains. And then, obviously, in regards to veins, it's this whole COVID narrative that, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom's tried to champion for the last, failedly albeit, for the last two years. And it's just, it seems like it's just getting worse.
0: No, I would agree with that. And, uh, you know, to my knowledge, he's one of only a few, maybe the only governors that has put a a third emergency executive order in place for himself. So he essentially runs a dictatorship yep. and has absolute power to dictate these these draconian mandates that are going on. And, you know, I would just ask your viewers out there, take notice of what's going on in the country. Take notice of what de Blasio did in New York. yes Um, because it's coming to a theater near you yeah you can't there's no state you can run to there's no ocean nation you can go to i mean if it weren't for the second amendment we would be australia right now Mm -hmm. and i firmly believe that and i'm not trying to scare people but when you take away choice you take away the republic and so for those disenfranchised biden voters we know there's so many that are in california that have felt the the inflation rates, they've gone to the pump just like I have with my truck that's normally, you know, maybe $80 to fill up and now it's north of 130 to fill up. Um, you know, if that's you or Down you're that 32-year-old that can't get a place of your own and you're still staying with your parents, like there's gotta be something else besides homelessness, handing out needles, people injecting themselves and human fecal matter in San Francisco. Like, well, like I think somebody, you know, somebody in California that lives you know, in San Francisco and used to, you know, go in those historic areas along the docks there. I mean, they don't want to step in a pile of crap. I, I mean, people want their California back that that is safe for their kids.
3: Yeah, it's pretty ironic that uh, Nancy Pelosi's done such a great job over the last 40 years of destroying her district that she decided to retire to Florida uh, when she's done in Congress after the midterm elections.
0: <laughs> well, Ron, and that really that really speaks to this whole um, idea of, you know, this separation, right? The same people, you know, professing unity are the folks that are, you know, don't want walls and yet they have walls that their at their own gated mansions yep. and they'll choose a the free state and a Republican state to live in. But they want you to live in their state under tyranny, under these demands of control. And, and, you know, it's really an elitist um, kind of, you know, the noble, uh, uh, you have the nobility up here, right? And then you have the peasants and the serfs and they are the noble or the elite and everybody else is the peasants and serfs. And, and we, the people need to say, you know what? We're the CEOs of this Republic. You're the janitor and we need to get these people the hell out of office. And it, it really happens by not saying, oh, I hate a, w- what happened in 2020 and I'm not gonna vote or I'm just gonna stay home. No, Republicans, conservatives, Americans, because we need to get out of this red and blue Trump and Biden thing. It's not about that. The conversation in 2022 transcends partisan politics and it rolls into humanity. Yep. And that's a conversation about what you want for your kids. And that's why people that care about their kids and care about their kids having choice going forward need to say, you know what? I'm going to get out in droves like they did in Virginia, like they did in New Jersey and I'm going to vote for choice for parents and kids. And I'm not talking about killing babies, but I am talking about preserving the, the ideological life and the brain life for people not to hate America.
3: Yeah, I mean, you make an excellent point there. You can be a supporter or feed into the whole narrative of 2020, Trump and Biden, or even just be a supporter of a lot of the Trump era policies. However, this election has such a different spin on it when you take the totalness of the narrative of everything that's going on and and the whole and it really is a globalist agenda that's affecting the United States right now. There's we were just talking about it in one of our last segments. There's racial division. There's medical division. There's, you know, uh, law and, in, and and injustice division. There's the government kind of acting like. You know they they can control every facet of our lives, all the way down to like medical freedoms, things that you would never even think of before. <clears throat> that there's international treaties that actually prevent.
1: Yeah, nobody expected that.
3: No, and, and and then you take it into a you know midterm elections like coming up in 2022, and it just doesn't have to be about Trump versus Biden on whether or not you like one or the other. There are so many more unqualified or just ill-equipped people in our government right now. Taking care of the House and taking care of the Senate is pretty much the only way to get back on the road to recovery moving forward as a nation.
0: Well, and and the same people saying they never wanted labels are the ones actually giving them out in droves. Right. And so it's like, when do we get away from the labels and all the B.S. rhetoric out there from the fake news? And And, you know, that's a Trump term, but that's really what you have to call it. On both sides, there's no objective reporting about what's going on. And personally, that's what I think our lawmakers should be worried about, because whether you read The Naked Communist or you look at A.S. Harlan's 45 points that he put into the uh, congressional record in January 10th of 1963, you can see that we're 80 percent of the way there on on Karl Marx's blueprint of how to take over a republic and create a communist socialist state. And people should be frightened of that. That's not a Republican, a conservative talking point. Nope. that's just reality. And so so I stand for anybody that wants their kids and their parents to have choice about what goes in their kids' brains and about what goes into their veins. We got to get out of this idea. We unfortunately have a two-party system and there's extremes on both sides. What I want to capture, gentlemen, is I want to capture the middle, the people that are disenfranchised that just want somebody to stand with them. I voted for Trump. Honestly, I'd vote for him again. Mm -hmm. Love the guy. I think he's a leader. He's a lion. You know, I vote for Jesus too. That doesn't mean I'm going to push it down your throat. I'm Mm -hmm. voting for you and your family to succeed. And again, that transcends outside of the bedroom. It transcends the color of skin. That's just about humanity.
3: Yeah. Those are some, some excellent points that you, that you made right there and definitely things that people need to start considering as we get into this midterm election year. Um, So it looks like we've got a portion of California covered and and pretty much the the state basis for your platform. Let's talk about some America first agenda national issues. I think one of the biggest ones right now we have, uh, you're coming out of California. No one and I are broadcasting out of San Diego. The Southwest border has been a ridiculous issue for over the last year. Um, We saw it climax with Del Rio a few months ago, but as we all know, especially people who live in border States, this is something that is extremely fluid. And under this administration since January has been out of control since. Um, Why don't you touch on a little bit about how you feel about the borders, especially in places like California, where you're running out of.
0: Well, I think it's funny that, you know, kids in cages Mm. was talked about when Trump was president and kids are still in cages and it's not being talked about and and they're straying away from that as much as possible. And again, separating from Trump and Biden, that is just a fact that you have to look at. And if if you're an objective voter out there and you step outside of that conversation of red and blue and divisiveness and just say, okay, what was the media saying before? Well, they were saying this. Well, what's actually happening now? And you're not going to find that watching the CNNs You're not going to find that watching the mainstream networks. What I think we have to do, gentlemen, I think we have to turn off the faucet. And according to all the stats that the ICE agents have out there, the only way that you're going to prevent this surge of people coming in and the border crossings, I think I heard they're supposed to be at 2 million by the end of this year that that have come in in a nine month uh, period, which is like a 60 to 70 percent increase from last year. According to the research I've seen. So, like, you have to objectively look at those facts and say, how long is this sustainable from a financial standpoint? Let's just go pure business on the numbers here. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to be inhumane because that's the term they always want to use. But how can you sustain a, a multi trillion dollar budget when there's already been five trillion that's been put on in six months? And now you're bringing in people and the same people that have done that are now saying, well, let's give each person that crosses the border illegally. Let's give them 450 grand while we've got homeless veterans that don't have arms and don't have legs who get, pardon me for saying, Walmart, Waffle House type care. And I like the Waffle House, but I like Ruth Chris a little bit better. (laughs) If I'm going there for a steak, I'm just saying, right, I ain't saying, but I'm saying. And so, but we're literally giving them Waffle House service and we're giving the the other people on the other end, the stakes. and the people that are going to the Waffle House are the ones that had their friend's blood sprayed all over their face, saw somebody that had to get a tourniquet put on their arm and then have their arm amputated, Mm -hmm. saw their friend disappear into pink mist because of an improvised explosive device. But we're catering to the people that came in and broke the rules what does that say to our kids? Take out the other conversation and just say, what are we teaching the next generation? And what I would say is you're teaching them communist socialist values. And that's not going to be a sexy term or sexy thing to say, but that's reality. It sure you're is. teaching them that hard work doesn't matter. And you can get in by cheating.
1: And there's no accountability.
0: No,
3: exactly. And we're seeing some of that in some of those major, George Soros-funded, democratically-ran cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C., where, you know, mobs of people are running into Nordstrom's, to Home Depot, to CVS, completely looting the stores, and even in cases where they all get arrested, none of the merchandise is being returned, and they're being released on no-cash bail. So it's one of those things where we're already starting to experience some of those, you know, leak-down and trickle-down effects into society now, and it, it seems like, unless we put a stop to it, which is great that you said because I think just about every America first candidate that's come on here to date, and there's been, you know, probably 20, 25 of them now have all said the same thing. We can look at redoing immigration. We could look on the immigration moratorium. We could look on, you know, path to citizenship and all that stuff down the road, sealing the border first and stopping the disaster that's been happening for the last nine months probably has to be issue number one in regards to immigration. Um, I think, well, you're a Marine and you're going to be one forever. You know, it's one of those things, you don't be a former Marine, you don't retire. So we could talk about some geopolitical stuff that's going on, pretty hot topics right now. You know, Biden administration currently... They have that uh, world defense summit that's going on. I saw Secretary Austin yesterday. super soft stance on China, especially in regards to Taiwan. And then you have Russia and Ukraine. Looks like it's heating up pretty, pretty big there. What, what are some of your feelings on how the administration is currently handling um, you know, some of these international instances that are going on? And what do you see moving forward with hopefully a uh, Republican-ran Senate and, and House of Representatives next year? We would be taking a different stance on that.
0: Well, in the Marine Corps, we have a term, and this isn't a term based based in, it's not designed to be sexist, but we call somebody that is a guy that falls out of runs and passes out and generally doesn't, doesn't perform, doesn't even try to perform. We call them him or her, a weak sister, mm. right? And, and they're called a weak sister because they just choose not to win. They make the decision that I'm not going to win, um, I'm going to fail, and that's what you're seeing in these policies that are basically encouraging again um, this entitlement type of society. It's 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 not even passivism. You can't even call it that because when there's a strong leader um, from a from a political uh, uh, perspective, I would just say it's kind of like a, a strong father in the home. Mm-hmm. You know, when my five year old wants to uh, you know b- basically take take a device from his brother push his brother and all that, you know. Until I start to intervene, and then, you know, until there's a threat. And this happens when I go out of town. When I go out of town, he knows that he can pull heartstrings on Mama, but but he, he can't he can't pull heartstrings on the green belt, right? In in, a, in boot camp, there's two drill instructors. There's Mama, which is the senior drill instructor, and then there's the green belt. And the green belt is laying down the punishment. He's taking guys to the pit. He's quarter decking them, all that stuff. And 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 for viewers out there that doesn't uh, that don't know what that means, it basically means you're you're basically doing physical activities until you want to puke or want to consider maybe rethinking your decision about the Marine Corps. Or you make it rain indoors. And so with my boys, we had to do some type of deterrent because when I was going out of town, they were just they were tearing up the house, they were jumping up and down. Five and three year old kid. Mm that are lions like me, because that's what I've raised. If they didn't have a deterrent over taking something away or a spanking, because we do spank, well, what we do is we pray for them. We talk to them about what happened. And after we spank them, we sit them down we talk to them again and we tell them how much we love them and we hug them. So what is that? It shows that there's a correction, but on the other side of the correction, there's a transformation and there's a purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. honestly, you know, obviously leading in the household, Um, Leading a five-year-old or three-year-old is different, but it's very similar in the way human behavior is. And and if you give somebody an inch, they take a mile. And and that's what you're seeing from transitioning between two different types of leadership, one that's feckless, useless, and weak, and the other one that presented very strong with tariffs, um, where there was a strong military, where from a media perspective, you could see the military building up. Um, there, There was joint operational exercises around the world, um, the, the, the military had this admiration for their leader. And now you're seeing disrespect on both sides, which if I was in the current military, I, you know, I would disrespect the commander in chief, but you're seeing him send that disrespect, uh, right back down to his subordinates and troops. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, feckless leadership by the hands of people like Millie, we have a woke military. And unfortunately we have a, a woke Marine Corps. And that's why they canceled the Marine Corps ball in, in multiple areas across the world.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's a shame. And, and and to see the military be treated like this after how they were, you know, lifted up so high under President Trump in, in such a brief amount of time, it's just, it's really disgusting to see as, you know, I'm sure someone as a patriot like yourself, you can attest to. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, we, we did have Cash Patel on not too long ago when he talked to us about the time he served inside of the Oval Office, and he made a prediction that by the spring, if Mark Milley's still there, he would be very surprised. Do you kind of see it the same way?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's kind of like Fauci in that way. Yeah. Um, he's been wrong about everything. <laughs> everything that yeah. comes out of his mouth is a lie trying to pander. Cause the guy, you know um, he sold out, he sold out his soul and his testicles for his stars. Um, and, and he sold out a lot of dead Marines and soldiers and um, people that we buried. And unfortunately, before he lost his testicles, um, uh, there's probably a lot of soldiers that he had to say bye to, and and it's unfortunate that he forgot where he came from, mm-hmm. um, and and I always think that's you know unfortunate when you get past 06, which in the Marine Corps is Colonel, um, it becomes a whole political operation, and you have one of uh, uh, two choices to make, you know, do you want to pander to what's wrong, or do you want to stick with? Character, integrity, resolve. We all make mistakes in life, um, but the every single opportunity—it's kind of like every single play in football. I'm a Nick Saban Alabama fan. There you go. Is 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 a new is a new down, right? Nick Saban always professes that every play has a life of its own, and 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 leadership is the same thing. So so do you make the choice to say, you know what, in this moment, even though it's uncomfortable. I'm going to be like Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller and be a lion who just endorsed me, by the way. Nice. Or I'm going to crumble and I'm going to go for a star. And I'm going to go for another star or I'm going to be that that taker politically, that extorter that just wants to do 40 years in office. And instead of making one hundred and seventy three thousand dollar salary, I'll make one hundred and seventy three million dollar salary and I'll do nothing for my district, my constituents or my state. And that's a That's a conscious choice and that that comes from a moral, uh, um, some type of moral background or, or moral fiber and moral character. And not all of us have that throughout our life. Um, you know, you talked to me in my twenties and thirties, I certainly didn't. Um, but we developed that over time, in my opinion, um, by the influences we bring around ourselves, society teaches us that and, and the willingness, like the scripture says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like what choice are you going to make? Do you want to win today or you want to lose?
3: Yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot of stuff to take in. I, I, I like that reference that you made. I'm going to tie it into the last question. Um, and this, ha- this has to do with some of the stuff that's been going on in the Beltway the last couple of weeks. We saw uh, a Friday ago the continuing resolution was passed, unfortunately, um, and the, the political football has been kicked down the road to February now uh, where the government is funded. No one likes to see the government shut down. I, I think there is enough of a well-defined resume over the last 10 months, at least, to say that this government deserved to be shut down uh, 100%. You know, you don't like to put people out uh, in, in kind of like a pay issue in regards to salary and wages, but at the same time, you know, the Republican Party really could have pumped the brakes on this and probably got some of those extreme progressives to jump on board. And, and you know, if there was enough unity there, see people like Joe Manchin and uh, – Kristen Cinnamon jump on board as well. We, we could have definitely put a stop to this and, and, and made at least the administration stop and think, okay, we're doing as burn it down as fast as possible right now. Maybe we could burn it down a little bit slower, at least for optics, so we can get some of this money passed and people paid and the government continuing to run. I, I think the biggest problem that we saw was, again, in the House, you have the 13 to 19 House Republicans who are either retiring or never Trumpers, or, or, or just don't care because they're owned by lobby groups. And then in the Senate, you have, of course, Mitch McConnell and the same group of 11 to 13 senators there who are just going to say, well, you know, I, I, I funded the government to keep it running. We have to have all of our federal workers getting paychecks. And, and there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people who listen to, to maybe this show or, or, or just are f- casual fans of politics don't understand. It's not necessarily like the government gets shut down, the lights all get turned off, no one gets paid anything. It's, it varies depending on where you're at. But, but getting into to D.C. next year, would you consider yourself someone, if you saw that things weren't being ran the right way, to, it has nothing to do with lobby groups, but just like, even if you don't agree with the president, would you not side with an administration just to keep the lights on when you know the country's being ran in such a wrong direction?
0: 100%. Because, Roan, here's the thing, right? Um, I've had 60 death threats the last 18 months when I was on the road with, with with my nonprofit, Mm -hmm. I've lost $250,000. I took out PPP loans. I took out EIDL loans. At one point we had an eviction notice. And I say all that I'm an average guy. I'm a guy that came from a mobile home and had hay bales around it to keep it insulated um, as a kid when I lived in Spokane, Washington. Okay. So like, I know what it's like to fight. I'm not in it for the money. They can take whatever whatever they want. They can do hit pieces. I've had hit pieces about me in the Rolling Stones, Politico, BuzzFeed. And I wear that as a badge of honor because it, it, what it means is it means I'm not folding and I'm not caving. Mm-hmm. And yep. you have to have people that have unquestionable boundaries around their resolve to help the country long term. We're too short-sighted in the way we're viewing um, politically what's happening. There there is so much power and influence, and and, and I'm going to veer off for a second here, and I just want you guys to think about what happened and what Southwest Airlines showed, not only their CEO and their company about the power they have with we the people, but what they should have shown politicians out there. There are so many politicians, in my humble opinion, that are not using their power, their money, and their influence properly because i can tell you as an activist before i ever entered the kind of um, political space or even thought about you know doing anything political that's not why i started doing this 18 months ago i did it to save my family and save my country right um, what i noticed is the power when you get 1000 2500 5000 10000 people standing in an area or when you get people assimilated assembled in some way right? Look at what they had to do to turn the tides. And whatever you think about January 6th, look what look what happened on both sides. Let's just say the establishment because the establishment is red and blue. Let's right. be real now 100% right. But look at the friction that all this momentum of 18 months by the people pushing against the walls of injustice and saying, you know what we've had enough. We're not going to take it anymore. We're standing up for the souls that are six feet under. We're standing up for the people that can't speak for themselves at Arlington and on the Vietnam Memorial. Mm -hmm. And and look at the ripple effect of that. And I just wonder in the face of, of tyrannical legislation, which in my opinion, the definition of that would be legislation that benefits no one and is long term is a detriment to the sanctity of this republic. And our sovereignty as a nation and and individual states, you have a you have a constitutional obligation that that you raised your right hand to defend to say as a a, as a congressional rep or a senator, I'm not doing that. And and if some of these guys would get their head out of their tail and go to their constituents and go to their districts because some of them you know after they get elected and they go to the swamp they forget about everything they ever learned yeah, they from their constituents be. most of them never knew in the first place which that's a separate conversation yeah. about the you know the three tiers of the swamp i talk about that all the time yep but there's so much power in civil disobedience and if some of these people would say you want to pass that tyrannical legislation we're going to get 10,000 people outside your doorstep so you rethink that decision and that's what a, that's the new era um, of kind of political, um, I'll just say pressure that, in my humble opinion, we need to start entering.
1: 100.
3: percent
0: Well,
1: that's you know that's what everybody else is doing, and it, you know we're just not doing it enough on our side.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely. And, think- and no politicians are advocating it. Yeah, no, they're not calling on their members, and, and some of them are probably in fear.
3: Yeah, well, you know, the only people I do see advocating it for now in in the conservative you know, base is the ones who are all running on the America first agenda. Uh, and, and that goes directly back to people like you and, and am um, an overwhelming majority of the other guests we've had on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Williams, it was really good. You know, we've talked on and off for like the last year. I, I, I've listened to your show and was a fan of it. That's why I first originally reached out. I'm extremely thankful that you were able to come down and spend some time with us today and, and really let our listening audience get to know you. It, it's so important that, you know, they hear when, – when, when I see these candidates are really starting to get out there, I, I, I make every single effort to kind of reach out because it's not only for the people who live in California – But nationwide, I think I can't remember who it was, but somebody we had on recently said, you know, it's when the people who uh, are doing well in their races start identifying and relating themselves with people who are running in other states and other districts, whether it be for a House seat or a Senate seat. um, You you know, that's when that whole red wave that we're hoping for in 2022 really starts to solidify because they're all going to be on the same page. And it seems like you're just there with with a lot of them. I want our listening audience to be able to do anything that they can to, whether it's knock on doors, support you on social media, support you financially in your, in your, you know, current venture right now. Can you tell us where we could find you on socials?
0: Yeah. Well, what I would say to folks out there, don't donate to the party, donate to the candidate. True. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Kent up in district three, Washington state, amazing dude, J.R. Majewski in district nine in Ohio, all great guys. I'm trying to get to a hundred thousand dollars. Um, by January 1st, we're, we're really close to getting there, um, but we need people to take us over the line. So those $100 donations, $500, 1000 if you can max out at 2900 or if you can only do $50, bucks, i am going to tell you the same thing I tell my five-year-old is give me your best, whatever your best is. And your best on Monday can look different than it does on Friday, all right? Um, but we need everybody's help because 70% of this game, and somebody asked me the other day, uh, 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 Noah and Roan, they said, well, why does it cost so much? And I said, well, you got to ask Jesus that Mm -hmm. because the establishment has, has created this structure. And unfortunately there's, there's a, you know, you got your politicians, you got your bureaucratic administrators, and you got your consultants and strategists. And it, I, that's why I spent four months, gentlemen, before I ever announced vetting consultants. And I got two amazing guys and people are always hustling me to try to get these these swamp creature rhinos consultants. Oh, well, he's got a good name and he did this. Well, yeah. And he took like $20 million from the guy and it took a hundred million to win the race and he pocketed all of it. And they could have done the race for 80% less had he gotten somebody with integrity who was ethical, but that's why people like us don't get into races guys. Yep. So what I would say is if, if you like my message, understand this is no longer about your state. This is a national referendum in 2022 on whether you keep control and choice over your kids, their veins and their brains. And, and that really ends the conversation right there. Take the Trump and Biden divisive crap out of it and just think about your kids and their future.
3: Yeah, I definitely think those overwhelming unhappiness numbers in the independence is what's going to be. Uh, a pivotal factor in the midterm election. And I believe it's it's somewhere in the 60s, which is f- for less than a year in, unprecedented. You've never seen a pre- even the most unpopular presidents ever over the course, even if they were able to win re election because it was either wartime or whatever and everybody still hated them, never have seen independence jump from it was like, you know, unfavorable was like 29% supposedly in November and now it's north of 60. You've never seen anything like that before, which means the actual pulse. You know the the um, the bellwethers of America are really hurting, and it, it's because of what's going on in Washington D.C. right now.
0: Well, and what you said, Roan, too. And I don't know if you uh, spoke about this specifically, but but just for the viewers out there, you know, I think it was Rasmussen, uh, uh, Rasmussen that 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 reported that thirty six percent that well, well, Biden's approval rating was thirty six percent. Well, most of the time, that's polled primarily democratic leaning yeah. all the polls are so you know it's another 10 percentage points below that mm-hmm. in all likelihood right. and then you had uh, rasmussen also came out with that 57 percent of the people that said the election wasn't rigged are now saying it's rigged and I, you know i think it was like some odd 36 percent of african americans said it was rigged yeah. so it's just really really fascinating how people are flipping um, that used to have one belief system, and and now nine months of tyranny has changed their mind. Yeah,
3: it, it makes it almost seem like the actual outcome of the 2020 presidential election could not mathematically be possibly valid <laughs> with how we're looking at it today. It's pretty strange how that comes back around. 81 million strange, votes. Isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. Dr. Cordy Williams, we're going to live link your socials and your congressional website. Thank you for joining us on Steak for Breakfast today, sir, and we hope to have you back at some point before the midterms.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it was a pleasure. The lovely Antoinette. It was nice thank to meet you. her as well. And uh, Ron and Noah, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to the future. So thank bye. you, sir.
3: God bless you. you, sir. Take care. Another banger. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got some fresh voices on the show today. And uh, it's pretty interesting to hear, regardless of what's going on in your life. Who you politically identify with, what part of the country you're in, or what you really stand for, everybody's kind of feeling the same way right now. But don't worry, 80 million votes, safest, most secure election in the history of elections. Hmm. No?
1: Why does that not seem like something I believe?
3: You know what I believe? All the places you can listen to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Nice. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show. Rate it. Guys, let's leave some reviews, some five stars as well. And don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds for today. Obviously to Miss Jessica Harlow, it was a pleasure having her on, and like we said, we hope to have her back at some point in the near future. And Dr. Cordy Williams, senatorial candidate out of California, and thank God because we need another one after Devin Nunez announced his retirement from politics yesterday afternoon to join President Trump and his new social media platform. Some of our social media helpers for this week: Cagbro88, the Patriotic Babe accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, of course, and then our news friends: Christina Bob of One American News, mm-hmm. Mike Crispy of Red, White, and Beast, yeah, and Mr. Tom Pappert, the editor in chief of the National File. Small American-owned businesses, we love them. We ask you to support them. My pillow, guys. Two words. I shouldn't have to say anything else. Giza sheets? Giza slippers. Oh, I'm wearing them. Noah can verify. I need to get some. They're like moccasin Jordans. And nope. all, the, all the way down to the box, which looks like a Jordans box, but instead <laughs> of the Jordan logo on the side, there's a little tiny square picture of Mike Lindell's face next to the side. I love it. I love it. My wife was not loving it that I wanted to keep the box, and I put it in the closet. <laughs> so. So Use promo code stake at checkout for up to 66% off. Over 600 different MyPillow products. No better way to take care of your Christmas and all gift ideas. MyPillow.com forward slash steak or via the telephone. 1-800-658-8045. Odyssey, Noah's headphones. Always jealous. Mm -hmm. Super love them. And uh, they are of the highest quality. You literally get what you pay for. It's the top tier of ear gear like that one yeah not bad might be be a new one odyssey.com they're on Facebook and they're on Instagram man rubs (laughs) you laughed at it last week oh I'm gonna say it again I actually do have a butt roast in the crock pot today I got up there this morning I was rubbing the man rubs on it surprise your butt fits in a crock pot my son was walking through the kitchen after breakfast to go brush his teeth we locked eyes and I gave it a big old smack on the butt roast and threw it in the crock pot it's gonna be delicious tonight ManRubs.com, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Stay Ready Gear Holsters, as we segue. Steak for breakfast, logo on a concealed carry holster. Melted plastic, done right. American owned and operated, StayReadyGear.com. Find them on Instagram and Facebook. Things to shove in those holders can be found at West Coast Survival Arms, namely firearms, but also ammo. Mike's got a newly redesigned website, 5 star rating which i failed to mention in the beginning of the show and he's a licensed FFL. You can find him on stayreadygear.com via the telephone at 619-870-6992 or on Facebook Messenger. Mediocre medic first responders love it, first responders working hard. Whether it's fanny packs off duty, stickers and patches on duty, they shop at mediocremedic.com. They've got a pretty fire IG as well. And last but not least, Dumpbox, home of the zero fucks duck. Find him on Facebook, find him on Instagram dumpbox.us. Upcoming shows. Trying to fill up the calendar. It's a little bit harder than usual for December, but we're still going to be bringing you some top-tier guests, and we'll have those high-quality fill-ins for all the shows that we don't get, you know, some new voices on for you. On Friday, she's coming back. It's going to be super fire. I'll give you uh, three things to look forward to. Plot Against the President, Mike Pompeo, State Department. Oh, yeah. John McAfee, shockumentary. Miss Amanda Milius will be rejoining us on Friday. We're going to do the news. We're going to talk to her. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Mike Collins out of Georgia 10, Joe Kent out of Washington 3, and hopefully Anthony Sabatini, still waiting on the final word for that, are going to be joining us next Tuesday on the 21st of December. We're going to have Becky Lexit as a guest host. She just made a uh, showing at the Young Republicans uh, dinner over the weekend and was looking mighty nice. And Seth Keschel will be joining us again. On the 28th of December, we're going to have Andrew McCarthy running currently in New York 10. And moving all the way into the first of the year, our first show of 2022, Patrick Witt running in Georgia 10. He worked on Stop the Steel exclusively in Georgia and was compelled to run for uh, the House Representative seat there he's going to be joining us and talking about what, what got him into uh, running and, and what he's going to be doing moving forward Friends of the Week new account Noah Let's Go Brenda oh nice yeah I guess the, the other ones are shadow Band, so she's going with Let's Go Brenda mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do hard with the shadow ban. yeah Truth on Draft 2.0 The Duke of Memes Sublime and Slime Madam America Snack Nicholson 2.0 Don't forget the backup Uncharted Territory Hmm. And Puberto's Between now and Friday There's a couple things we need you to do And one of them is Do your own research Probably most the important of them all Do your own research Take care of it all And uh, add to the narrative That we try to give you on this show every week Hold the line Buy the dip Snatch the wigs Let's see what happens But most importantly Where we go one We go all This has been episode 88 Of the Steak for Breakfast podcast And on behalf of my two lovely co-hosts Noah And Antoinette Hi Hi. I'm Ron And we'll be back with episode 89 On Friday When we're joined by Miss Amelia Thanks for listening and take care.
5: 70 million dollar plane
8: You mean you think it's cheaper
5: to leave it there so they can have it than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to Akaku? You think, yes, sir, we think it's cheaper, sir. That's when I realized he was a fucking idiot. <laughs>